Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Cowboy? Not really a whole lot to say about those Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Been a rough week. We are glad to be back with you on the Huddle Up Podcast. We want to thank you for sticking with us throughout this season. It is Tuesday, December 10th, 2019. We've got tons to talk about this week, including the Final Four is set and the NFC East sucks. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and likes, so why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with your favorite teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. Glad to be back with you. Let's get our co-host Dave in here with us again. Dave, how you doing this week, bud? We're doing fairly well here, Jim. A little under the weather, but we'll we'll push through it and uh, talk some ball here and make fun of the Cowboys. Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy thing to do right now. Of course, the NFC East is the uh, the laughing stock of uh, of the uh, NFL and and football world as a whole, but we're going to talk college football first here, Dave. And uh, of course, the big thing coming out of this past weekend is uh, the college football final four is set. Conference championship weekend is now behind us. Uh, all that's left to do is play out the bowl schedule, um, which we'll look at a couple of the bigger matchups in the uh, in the upcoming bowl schedule. Um, but let's let's look at it. Obviously, the top four. If you're here, you know it by now. LSU. Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. So LSU uh, and Oklahoma will meet in the Peach Bowl on December 28th, and Ohio State and Clemson will meet in the Fiesta Bowl uh, that same night. Um, Simple question. I know it's been debated probably pretty much everywhere um, at this point, Dave. Did the committee get the top four correct? 
aside from having no choice but to leave out Utah because they laid a freaking egg on Friday night, yes, the top four are correct and the top four are in the correct order. Um, whether or not Oklahoma is a top four team in the country, that's up for debate, and the answer is no, they're not. But they had to be in based on the schedule and everything else and winning their championship and all that. So the top four teams are the correct top four teams based on how the, uh, the committee does things. But uh, they, they are correct, and the committee got this one wrong right, even though they had it pretty damn easy. Yeah, yeah, this one, you know, there, there's been a few years in the college football playoff that has presented um, a lot of drama, a lot of questions about who, who should be number four or who should be one and two. I, I, this one, I think, was pretty straightforward. If you look at the resumes of the four teams, I mean, Clemson and Oklahoma were going to be three and four um, once conference playoff weekend uh, played itself out. And, and when you looked at LSU and Ohio State, objectively, I, I think you had to give you had to give the edge to LSU. So this one was pretty easy. Um, not a whole lot of drama. We're not obviously gonna gonna predict the uh, the, the the final four matchups. We'll we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Um, we we still got to figure out exactly how Christmas week is going to shake out for us. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, scheduling and who's going to be on the show. Uh, and when, but we're, we'll predict those when we get there. Um, obviously, Dave, then the, the, the discussion that always comes up throughout um, college football playoff discussion time is um, expansion and, and, and how how deep should we get with a college football playoff. And I know you and, and your de- degenerate self and all of that says you always want more football. Besides that, I mean, if you, if you expand it to what the playoff – um, gives us this year Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, and Wisconsin uh, at five through eight. Um, this isn't exactly the strongest lineup, and 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 I you can g- go a little deeper. We won't do that today. In terms of the uh, automatic bids for conference champions and stuff like that, maybe that maybe that's like an off season debate topic. But just looking at the five, six, seven, and eight teams. In this lineup, I, I I don't think this is a very strong year um, for the eight-team argument. Well, to, to be honest, I think if it's an eight-team system, I think you have Baylor gets dropped a little bit more, and Penn State probably finds their way to eight because realistically this is money. But uh, I, I think you can't talk about how they rank in an eight-team system because the committee would have done – things a little bit differently to protect that going into uh, championship weekend here. In my opinion, there would have been some bigger swings um, with wins and losses earlier in the year and things along those lines. So I, I agree that the 18 system has to happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one too, Dave. I, I do think that we will get there in time, you know, it, it because I think there's been more seasons where there's been, a, a at least a fairly strong argument towards the uh, the idea that four teams just isn't enough. And then, like I said, I think we can I think we can tackle the 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 discussion about how eight teams should play itself out during an during an off season discussion or something like that. If you're following along in the live video, make sure you give it a like and a share. We'd appreciate that. Leave some comments if you'd like uh, and interact with us during the show. Um, just looking down over the, the, the full bowl lineup, um, and, and as we go week to week, we'll, we'll, give, a, we'll give some quick predictions uh, as, they, as they get there. So we'll hit our first predictions next week. But just looking down over the, the lineup, Dave, a couple of games that I highlighted that I think have some, 
some interest to them. Uh, USC and Iowa in the Holiday Bowl on uh, December 27th. Um, a USC team that uh, you know started the year really bad, um, rebounded. Clay Helton uh, is said to be returning to USC next season, probably because Urban Meyer is not ready to come back to the coaching world. Um, Iowa was, you know, a little bit of a noisemaker at times, but but never really got uh, too far. Uh, Penn State and Memphis, Saturday, December twenty eighth. That's a noon time um, in the Cotton Bowl. I think that one's really interesting. I know Penn State fans around here are a little upset that they did not get the Rose Bowl bid, but but I think this matchup is one that if you're a Penn State fan, you should probably be a little bit more thankful that you got this matchup because I think this is a more winnable game than against Oregon. But Dave, if I'm Penn State, you can't sleep on this Memphis team. Disagree. I like Penn State minus seven. Uh, Memphis's head coach has accepted another job and probably not coaching the game. That's so, true. Uh, you're probably getting a cakewalk here, like Penn State luck boxed into a couple other games this year. So, um, side note, I think uh, the wrong team's favorite in the Iowa State USC game. I think you, USC should be able to go over the top on Iowa State pretty much all day. Well, that would be Iowa. Notre Dame plays Iowa State. Um, then looking ahead, um, January 1st, there's a couple of big ones Citrus Bowl, Alabama, and Michigan. Um, obviously on, on name value, big game, that, that one should be pretty interesting in terms of there's going to definitely be players that are sitting out. Alabama, of course, does not have Tua in that one. Um, we've seen Alabama not really care about games that, um, aren't for a championship or a playoff. So, um, will be a, a very intriguing matchup, uh, in, in this household, um, on January 1st. You also have the Outback Bowl with Auburn in Minnesota. I think our friend Frank is listening. Frank. Your uh, your Gophers almost completed the undefeated season that you predicted back at the beginning. Uh, they could finish strong here, and then of course the Rose Bowl, um, always a fun game to watch. Um, one of the more notable bowl games each uh, each season. Oregon and Wisconsin. Um, Oregon with that big win. I know you loved that one, Dave, uh, in the Pac-12 championship um, against Utah. But you know Oregon. Uh, and Wisconsin there should be pretty interesting as well. So just a couple of games that kind of jumped off the page. I didn't know if there was any other ones that that stood out to you, Dave, in this uh, quite lengthy, uh, as I hold it up here to the camera, quite lengthy um, bowl lineup. It's freaking awesome, isn't it? It can never be enough bowls. I, I love midweek action and all of that. A uh, couple early spots or positions that I've taken just for the listeners. Um since all that good stuff is legal here in the wonderful Keystone State, I can talk about it a little bit more freely. <laughs> so um, we got a position down on uh, Texas plus seven. We got some Texas A&M minus four and a half, I believe. Uh, we got some Wisconsin money line, Wisconsin minus two. Screw the damn ducks. Um, we got uh, pretty, I think my largest position was Ohio minus six at the moment. Uh, and I I think that might be all that I got on pretty early. Some of those numbers have moved, obviously, but uh, Texas plus seven is a pretty strong play, too. Yeah, so we'll, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of tackle these each week. Stay tuned to our social media at Huddle Up Podcast um, on both uh, Facebook and Twitter um, because uh, next week I know you'll be either in the air as we are, are talking right now um, or, or just landing back from a, from a business trip. Um, so I'm going to try and get Sean maybe on the show, or we might move it to Wednesday night next week. 
Um, and then, of course, the following week is Christmas and New Year's. So um, going to be a little bit interesting over the next few weeks, but stick with us. Um, we're going to work on getting content out in, in, in some form or fashion um, as the uh, the bowl season starts and the NFL season wraps up. So uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um this weekend, Heisman Trophy uh, is being presented. Of course, Dave, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Chase Young um, are your four finalists. Um, you know, as 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 great of a season as Chase Young had, um, you know, I, I, I this is always an uphill battle uh, for a defensive player. Justin Fields had a great year as well. Um, I, 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 as much of a two, two dog race, I think between Jalen and Joe Burrow, that it, that it can be much like the, the somewhat easy job the committee had at putting, uh, LSU at number one in the rankings. I, I, I think the easy answer here, um, for the Heisman trophy is Joe Burrow. If you go back to the preseason, um, and, and, and I don't, I didn't pull up our, our preseason predictions. I'll pull those up for, um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, to see how we did, but I, I don't think anybody really had LSU in this spot, and and Joe Burrow really put this team on his back, and and has has led them to this position in, in a spot where, you know, I I think they're as as good of a a, a team as as anyone in the country, and and it absolutely has a chance winning the national championship. I think this is Joe Burrow's Heisman. Wow, that's such a bold prediction there, Mister <laughs> Mister Jim. So you want to know what the Vegas market thinks of the Heisman? Sure. In order to win $100 on Joe Burrow winning the Heisman, you have to bet a $50,000. Wow. <laughs> That's all I'll say on the Heisman. It's a done deal. Yeah, it's 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 Joe Burrow's. I, I would be tremendously shocked. Um, if it went to anyone else. So uh, real quick here, Dave, this Saturday at 3 o'clock on CBS from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, it is the Army-Navy game, and, and each year this game graces us with some of the most beautiful uniforms in college football. This year is no different. If you haven't seen Army and Navy's uniforms for this week, Army going um, with a, a um, you know very military uniform look to it, um, and, and a beautiful look that that is Navy throwing it back, I believe, to like the Stahlbach era uh, uniforms. Both tremendous looks. Always a good one. Probably one of the neatest uh, games to watch in all of college football. Um, so sit back and enjoy it. Um, for me, uh, Army five and seven coming into this one. Navy number twenty three in the country, nine and two, only losing to Memphis and Notre Dame. They're a ten point favorite. Uh, over under forty and a half. Like I said, 3 o'clock CBS, uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I know over the past couple of years, I, I didn't pull up the recent records. I know Army's had some success here, but um, th- this is a really good Navy team. Um, and, you know, Army I, wants to finish their their season strong, but I think this Navy team is, is, is just too good. They lost to two very, very good teams. Um, and for me, you know, it's, I, I'm definitely going to take the under here. I think the weather is supposed to be cool-ish maybe a little sloppy um and uh just navy team's just too good so i'm going to take navy plus uh, but i'm going to take a slight under i think my favorite aspect in this game um is that this is one game that you should almost always play the under on but there's no way in hell i'm getting an under ticket this year because this is the best offenses that these this game has featured in probably 10 or 15 years but i don't know that i can play the over 
So this is just going to be one that you're just going to sit back and watch and be patriotic. But the thing that's interesting on this, Jim, is when they had this look-ahead line earlier this year, and I mean like the beginning of the year, Navy was 14-point underdogs. Can you imagine hitting that at the beginning of the year? Yeah. And then you could play Army at plus 10, and as long as it's a 10-point game, you win both sides. That's yeah. That 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 would be a pretty spectacular play if if, if you had uh, that look ahead on it because you know Navy did have a down year last year and coming into this year I don't I don't know that people expected them to do um, what they did this year so uh, you know quite the uh, quite the season for 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 the uh, Naval Academy. All right, Dave, let's move into the NFL world. Um, we're going to try and get out of here a little quicker than normal um, since uh, since you are feeling a little ill. Uh, the the Ravens and Chiefs clinch playoff spots this week, and Kansas City has clinched the Western um, AFC's Western division. Uh, you know, I, I, Ravens. It was it was only a matter of time um, before they they clinched a playoff spot, um, and 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 really should soon be uh, getting a lock on the uh, the AFC North as well. Um, do do you think it is most critical for Baltimore? Uh, to uh, to lock up home field, or do you think that uh, they could win no, no matter if they're home or on the road? I mean, I think home field favors any team. It's difficult to win in the uh, in the on the road, but um, you got to look at how this Baltimore team is built, largely trying to run the ball. So I think it, uh, it it it's one of the more suitable teams to travel. Um, but obviously, being at home is, is much better and much preferred. Yeah, and and Kansas City, um, you know, this is a team that that a year ago uh, really looked primed and and like a team that could win the Super Bowl. And um, you know, and I know you've had you have injuries to to Mahomes throughout the year and and various other players, but this does not look like the same Kansas City Chiefs team that we saw a year ago. That the, there just seems to be some kind of spark, something, something's not quite connecting. I mean, even in this past weekend, um, you know, kind of, uh, almost blowing it, uh, against a, a, a Patriots team, um, that, uh, that, that is just not what we come to expect, uh, from them. It, you know, the, 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 the chiefs, I think really need to kind of figure out who they are, what identity they want to have and, and, you know, kind of how to, how to recapture that spark, uh, offensively, I know I know Mahomes is banged up, but um, you don't want to kind of become a one-trick pony. I think Kansas City, um, you know, now that they have a a, a playoff spot clinched and a, and a division clinched, you know, they they need to kind of protect themselves over the last three weeks. Oops, sorry, was on uh, was on mute there, but uh, <laughs> I agree. But the other thing that that intrigues me a little bit is. I mean, I think both you and I are kind of having, having the same feelings on New England to some extent. I think mine's a little bit stronger, but I, <laughs> I am down on this New England offense pretty majorly. Um, but at the same time, if I look at the AFC, who's going to challenge Baltimore? And to me, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Kansas City. And I, I mean, I got a piece of them at twelve to one here. And if any any team's going to beat Baltimore, I feel like that. Uh, Kansas City has a shot, uh, surely from the fact that their offense could could go toe to toe with them. Now, granted, they're they're vastly different teams when they matched up. I don't know week three, week four, week five, but uh, I, I think you have some some very um, 
I, I think you have two teams in the in the AFC that are real front runners at this point. Although you're going to get another team that just comes out of nowhere and starts playing really good ball to possibly surprise you. So uh, I don't want to say that Kansas City needs to be worried, but I think uh, Kansas City's starting to get healthy too, which is another huge piece coming playoff time. Yeah, it certainly would. I mean, just looking over the standings in the AFC, I mean, of course you have New England at 10 and three Buffalo um, kind of breathing down their neck all of a sudden at nine and four. Um, I, I still don't know how much I believe in this Buffalo team. It, it is just another one of those weird anomaly teams that, that we've seen in the, uh, in the NFL this season. Um, and then and, you, know, you look AFC West, it, it's the chiefs and the chiefs only the Steelers at eight and five, obviously still hold the, um, the, the second wild card spot. And then you go to the AFC South, you got the Texans, Titans at eight and five Colts at six and seven. They're, they're just about out of it. Uh, with, with three games to go, like I, I, I don't see, you know, Tennessee. I really don't see Pittsburgh being a threat to Baltimore. Um, so maybe Kansas City if they get healthy. Maybe Buffalo if you can find a way um, to to cap Lamar Jackson a little bit. And then maybe Houston if you can win a sh- uh, a shootout. But that Houston team, speaking of teams that need to figure themselves out, that Houston team is in uh, big time danger. Um, but, but but then of course the the NFC, Dave. The the big story is just the abysmal play. Um, in the uh, in the NFC East, and um, two teams at six and seven, the Redskins three and ten, and the Giants are two and eleven. Um, I, you know, and and real simple, I I I, will, I go back to um, I think to our prediction show uh, in the NFL, and I said I think this division's gonna come down to Week sixteen um, in Philadelphia, and that's certainly how it looks. I mean, the Cowboys have the Rams this week. We'll predict that in a second, and the Eagles have the Redskins, which we predict, but. Um, regardless of what happens this weekend, both teams control their fate. If the Eagles, um, you know, the Eagles win out, they're going to win the division. If the Cowboys win out, um, or even win two of the last three, they're going to win the division regardless of what happens in week 16. But man, it's, it's, it is, it is just ugly. It, It really is. And, um, you know, the Eagles are banged up. The Cowboys have no, no leadership. It it's, this is about as ugly of a, division that I can remember in a long, long time. Yeah, so Jim, the, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say that other than they're bad, but a couple couple things I want to get in on this. The Eagles last night, and I don't know if you watched the game or not. Oh, I unfortunately did. Healthy, <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? They, they unfortunately had one healthy receiver at the end of the game. I don't know that I have <laughs> remember seeing yeah. such a thing at the end of the game. And then the Giants in true Giants fashion left the damn guy open to one. Yeah. Yeah. The the one the one healthy uh starter in the uh in the Eagles offense that was left wide open. Yeah, Dave, you know, and and I was kind of joking uh with some people at work today and I know I put it out on my Twitter that like I I, I just because this is exactly something that would happen in in my life and in my sports fandom is the Eagles are going to sign Des Bryant and he's going to catch the game-winning touchdown against the Cowboys in Week 16 that will eliminate the Dallas Cowboys and uh, and, and seal Jason Garrett's fate. But ultimately, the Cowboys can't lose here because, I mean, I don't want the Eagles to make the playoffs, but the Cowboys, it, it's reportedly Super Bowl or Jason Garrett's fired. So I, I, I can't lose. No matter what happens in the next three to five weeks or whatever, I can't I can't lose because the Cowboys are either going to shock the world or they're going to fire Jason Garrett. So 
I feel like I've already won. <laughs> you up to forty six to three trouncing in the Super Bowl. What's that? Cue up the 46-3 trouncing in the Super Bowl, and then you get another season with Garrett. Oh, God. That would be like if he gets in there and, J- and Jerry's like, you know what? I'll give him one more shot. Uh, no. No. Don't do that, Jerry. Stick to, stick to your guns for once. Um, real I'm quick. Telling, I'm telling you, man. I think uh, I think there's going to be a, a pretty good opportunity on uh, – Whoever comes out of the the uh, NFC East week one of the playoffs, I think there's going to be a pretty good opportunity there. I agree. And, I mean, I know he claims to not listen to us, but Uncle Mitch, if you hear this, right now it's a matchup that I that I absolutely want. It's a matchup that I absolutely want the Cowboys to have. Um, Dave, real quick, uh, I, I, there's some debate. Hammer time. There's been some real debate um, over who the NFL Coach of the Year is. Um, should be. I think your heavy favorites uh, are are Harbaugh and Shanahan, and I, I know there's been some people that that have been kind of making a somewhat unnoticed argument um, for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh because of you know you lose um, you know you lose Antonio Brown from last year, you lose Le'Veon Bell, you you know James Conner's been hurt most of the year, you lose Ben Roethlisberger. This team eight and five, only behind the Ravens in their division. Um, and in a playoff position, look, I'm not discrediting Mike Tomlin and, and, and what the Steelers have done this year, because I do think it is pretty impressive, um, based on what they faced, but you know, I, 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 I really think this one is, is, is hardball is to lose. I mean, you, you go back a year ago at this time, maybe about a, a year and, and a couple of weeks, John Harbaugh is facing getting fired mid season, like not even fired at the end of the season we're, we're talking John Harbaugh's looking at getting canned mid-season in Baltimore when he hands the the keys over to Lamar Jackson you're talking about a Lamar Lamar Jackson who's probably your league MVP or at least you know number two I, I think this is John Harbaugh's coach of the year like I know Shanahan's got a case but to me it feels like Harbaugh I disagree. I think I would take Shanahan at the moment from the sheer fact that look what the teams did last year. The the Ravens were in the playoffs. Granted, it was with a huge second-half run. But if you take the second half of the season, and I know Jimmy G was hurt last year and everything, but number one, I don't want to agree with you, but number two, <laughs> um, I think you gotta you got to make um, you got to make a case for Shanahan, and, and that the vision that they're in is, is a lot more um, – out to say the least than the the division that the the Ravens are in that's which fair. I think adds to a little bit of Shanahan's case um also the I don't want to say expectations but I, I think it would have been a great season if if San Francisco was 500 not great but it would have been a good season if they were 500 where I think you only have a good season for Baltimore if they're 10 and 6 and you know you look at surpassing that and all that um I, I I'm not really going to be upset if either of them win it but on the Tomlin argument, I think uh, MVP or most valuable coach or not MVC. Uh, I, I don't know if if you can necessarily go that far, but uh, far and away, in my opinion, this is the best coaching job that Tomlin's had of his career, and keeps costing me damn money because they always have this <laughs> Steelers flat spot game at some point. And I, I, I was convinced we were going to get it this past week in Arizona, and sure enough, somehow they won, even though they tried to lose with that field goal attempt there, but. 
damn it. Yeah, no, I, I will agree with that. And, you know, I think, you know, myself and, and quite frankly, friends of mine who are Steelers fans um, ha- have been down on Tomlin uh, over the past couple of years. But the job that, that, that he's done this year um, has at least, you know, bought him uh, uh, one more season. I don't know what his contract terms are, but, um, you know, it, it, it is it is an impressive job. I will say that. Uh, definitely the best coaching uh, of, of his career. All right, Dave, let's go here to the Pickums, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, all five games I have for this weekend fall on Sunday, uh, the 15th. This one, of course, week 15 of the NFL season. Um, if, if you are playing along at home um, and, and you want to check your uh, check your lines against us, um, you can do that. Of course, we are here on a Tuesday night, um, so it just all depends when you uh, when you play. Uh, Texans eight and five at the eight and five Titans, who are a three point home favorite. Fifty uh, is the over under. One o'clock on CBS. You know, uh, and I, I don't know this, and maybe this is something that you've looked at a couple of weeks ago. I would I would have had a real hard time believing that the Titans were a favorite of any kind against the Texans. But based on what I've seen the last couple of weeks from both teams. I like this Titans team a lot in this matchup. They're at home. Tannehill has that team playing completely different. I, I don't know if it's just one, weird magic or he's actually good and the Dolphins are just that dumb. I, I'm not sure a combination of both. I like the Titans a lot in this home spot. I'm going to take the Titans plus. I am going to go over on this one because I think it is, you know, I think both offenses are going to come alive a little bit. So Titans plus and the over. I'm going to disagree with you on both accounts there, and I'm going to go the the under for sure. Um, one of the strong points of this this uh, Texans team is their ability to stop the run. So I think they're going to control Derrick Henry, and I think that that's going to make Tannehill throw the ball a little bit more than he's been doing, uh, and especially in some, some longer yardage aspects, if that makes sense. The other sure. thing with Tannehill is he has an insane, like off the freaking charts, um, com- not uh, touchdown percentage when in the red zone, like 95 plus percent of the drives in the red zone are scoring touchdowns for the Titans. Or that probably is an overstatement, but um, you know what I'm getting at there. Sure. That this is another one of these, that there has to be a regression to the mean game. And everyone is, is flocking to bet the the Titans right now. Houston just look like shit against Denver. So um, when everyone's flocking against the team, because they played bad last week, Dave's probably going to bet him. And realistically speaking, this Texans team just beat the Patriots a week before, and everyone loved them. So, so funny how things flip so quickly in the NFL. Um, but I will, I will probably be on the Texans this week. All right, uh, let's move. One o'clock on Fox. It is the seven and six Bears at the ten and three Packers, who are four and a half uh, point favorite. Forty-one is the over/under number on this one. Um, the Bears obviously look like a completely different team last week. Funny what playing a bad team with no direction um, does to you. What's that old old thing you always say, Dave, that you're not as good as you just looked, you're not as bad as you just looked? Um, the Bears aren't as good as they looked last week um, in Chicago. Uh, the, the, the Packers obviously got a win um, against the uh, the Washington Redskins. I like the Packers here, plus the, the, the Bears are going to crash back down uh, to reality, um, and I'm going to take a slight under because I think this Bears offense is going to go belly up this week. So this is one of my I, – I love the second game for the divisional 
games in the NFL. This is one of the, 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 the mindset on this. I know we've walked through this a couple times before, but for those that are new, this is kind of how I think about things, which uh, if you, you like it, good. But if you're Jim's case, you, you do the opposite of what Dave thinks on a lot of these. <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. But the, I believe the opening game of this year was Chicago hosting Green Bay. Chicago was three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think the game ended 10-7. Um, to 7. So the, everyone knows that the game ended 10-7, to 7, and Vegas set the total of 41. To me, that screams to bet the over because Vegas is saying everyone's going to look and say, oh, there were 17 points scored. Play the under. It's easy. So I feel like this game goes over somehow. But then the other piece of this, too, is you look at Chicago favored three-and-a-half means that they, they had the team even on a neutral field. You look at the line now, four and a half, they probably have Green Bay as slight favorites on a neutral field. To me, this feels like I'm getting Green Bay awfully cheap based on the recent perception of of uh, Green Bay being down a little bit and Chicago playing a couple of bums in a row that has boosted their image. So I'm probably with you on Green Bay on this one as well. I'd like to get a flat four, though, to make me feel a little bit better. Um, but it should be a, a ugly one and hopefully a Rodgers win. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go to Washington, D.C. this Sunday. Well, I should say Landover, Maryland. Uh, One o'clock on Fox. It is the six and seven Philadelphia Eagles, four and a half point road favorite at the three and ten uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, 40 is the over under number on this one. Uh, the Redskins will be without uh, Geis, the running back. He is placed on IR um, today. Um, and, and the the health of uh, Haskins uh, has to be brought into question as well. Uh, he was definitely playing hurt on Sunday. Um, Got to really, really question that decision um, from the Washington Redskins. But then again, if you have followed the Washington Redskins, you know that everything they do from a football standpoint is pretty damn questionable. Um, I, I don't know what this Eagles team is going to be. Um, you know, they, they lost to the Dolphins. They found a way to come from behind and beat the powerful New York Giants and with one wide receiver and, you know, sitting here on Tuesday, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to sign anybody. I don't know if they're going to, you know, pull somebody from a pretzel stand in the parking lot. I, I, I truly have no idea. Um, I, I, I'm doing this purely on hope um, because that, that's that's all a Cowboys fan has at this point. So I'm going to pick Redskins to pull the uh, upset, and I'm definitely taking the under. Yeah, I think that this is a game that the Eagles just want to get out of healthy and with a win and healthy being a relative statement. But I think that whatever gets them through is going to. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. You have a couple of decently big named um, wide receivers out there. Uh, You got, you know, Josh Gordon, quote unquote. Um, You have Antonio Brown. Can you imagine they sign him? What that would do to the NFC East real quick. And Uh, yeah. uh, Terrell Owens still out there. Uh, Des Bryant still out there. Randy Moth. Randy, I mean, heck, Jerry Jerry Rice was just in a um, one of those uh, copper compression commercials. He looked all right with uh, double double elbow bands, double knee bands. I think uh, an ankle wrap and a neck neck band or something. So maybe you can pull him out of retirement. <laughs> Got better hands than Aguilar still. So <laughs> well, that that's that's not wrong. Jerry and Will Terry still take him. So, um, but I think the I think the one thing you have to say with this Redskins team is that um, they are playing hard still, um, kind of like this Dolphins team that they're they're in a talent discrepancy in every damn game that they're they're out talented on the other team, 
but they are absolutely competing and trying hard. So that's got to be factored into this, especially with the beat-up Eagles team. Um, I kind of like Washington with the points, but I feel like uh, somehow the Eagles find a way to get this win, even though it makes no sense because they have no wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we go to 425 on Fox. It is the 8-5 and five Rams at the 6-7 and seven, and technically still in first place, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 48 and a half is the over under this one is a straight pick them. Um, obviously if it's on a neutral field, the Rams would be favored by around three. Um, you know, I, I'm taking my Cowboys. I, I I've said for the last couple of weeks that the remaining games on their schedule, all are winnable. I have zero faith that they're going to win any of them. Um, but let's just hope that they, you know, maybe, maybe the fact that they're tied with the Eagles now has some sort of spark to them that they realize, Hey, we're not going to. We're not going to coast to a six and ten division title. We actually have to find a way to at least get to seven and nine. Um, so I'm going to take the Cowboys here to to win the game. I'm going to take a slight over. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you on the Cowboys here. Um, whether or not I can back this with actual cash, I don't know yet. <laughs> but uh, the you, you got one of the things I like to do is what's the look ahead line the week before, and this look ahead line was four. Okay. And it's now pick them. So what happened this past week that that swung this line? What injuries were out there, et cetera? The Rams looked damn good in prime time mm-hmm. against the Seahawks, which Dave loved for multiple reasons. <laughs> well, I, but, I did too. Um, we don't agree on a lot, Dave, but you and I agreed on that one. Yes. Um, but the, and then the Cowboys got beat on prime time. So I think you're getting four points in value here solely based on last week's games. Now, the thing that has to be considered with the, the Rams is their offensive line is finally starting to get healthy. And if Jarrett, if you can't get pressure on golf, he's going to be okay and sling the ball. But if you're able to get pressure, which I think the Cowboys might have some success, they then that's going to hinder his ability to throw the ball because he does not like pressure at all. So I, I am leaning Cowboys at this point, and I'm leaning under. Okay. All right. Uh, final game is the Sunday night game, the nine and four Bills. And I'll be watching that from the Vegas sports book. So just throwing that out there. Beautiful, beautiful. Um the nine and four Buffalo Bills at the eight and five Pittsburgh Steelers who are a two and a half point or a two point uh home favorite. Thirty six and a half is your over underline. That one is at eight twenty on NBC. Um let's just pause on that one for a minute. NFL game thirty six and a half. Um, is your number so and and there are they are two great defenses let me let me put that out there or at least statistically um i i know uh you and i probably have similar uh, opinions on this bills team and 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 that they may be a bit of a facade at, at at nine and four um but on paper both defense is pretty darn good here um of course you still have the uh the the, the rookie quarterback in pittsburgh um allen has this has this buffalo bills team um, you know, looking like it, like a team that, that the fans have been waiting for in Buffalo, but but this starts to play that question. They haven't beaten anybody really, and and is is Pittsburgh good or not? Um, I, I don't know if we're necessarily going to find that one out this weekend. Um, I, I like the Bills in this spot um, to, to win the game, pull the upset. Um, 36 and a half feels like such a low number. So I'm going to take a slight over. I don't think this is a high scoring game, but even, you know, even if both teams, um, you know, if it's a 20 to 17 final, 
um, that that covers the over spot um, as the line sits here on Tuesday night. So um, I like the Bills uh, pull the upset and the and the sl- even slightest of overs. I agree with you on the over, and I don't really have a reason why other than it just smells like it's it's too high that both teams like to run the ball, both teams struggle to score, and yet they they hang on almost 40 on this. I thought this was going to come out closer to 35. So um, I don't know what to make of it. Um, If I had to pick one game that I'm not going to touch this week at the (laughs) moment, it's this freaking game because, (laughs) again – when is this damn Tomlin flat spot coming? I would not be surprised if the Bills won this game 42 to nothing. Like, just one of those games where Pittsburgh completely doesn't get <laughs> off the bus, doesn't right. get out of the locker room. Right, it's that spot you've been and waiting for. Be, yeah, well, I've been waiting for it for four freaking weeks, and it hasn't <laughs> come yet. So, I, I I have no no clue what this – you always have that one team in the NFL each year that just baffles the hell out of you. Pittsburgh's that team for me this year. <laughs> And you always have that one team that you have a really good read on. That's not Buffalo this year. No, no. So I would I would lean Pittsburgh at this point, just based on it on the number where it is. And I'm the only thing that I cannot get out of my head with this Buffalo team this year is that the Eagles ran for four thousand yards on them, and the Eagles are terrible at running the ball. So, and Buffalo was home that day too. So I, I just keep going back to that that. If if you know Snell and Washington and Connor and all of them are healthy, which I don't know any of their statuses and I can't remember it at the moment because I haven't looked at Pittsburgh for like two weeks so they pissed me off. <laughs> but uh, if, if that running back trio is healthy, or any any you know Samuels is in there too, if any of the the groups of them there are healthy and can get a three four headed attack going. Pittsburgh might be able to name it against this defense because they uh, my feelings are that they're going to be able to shut down Allen. And I, I just, I just don't see Allen doing much on this defense. It's going to be one of the better defenses that he's faced. And I don't know. This game just confuses me. So I'm taking Pittsburgh and the and the over and done talking about it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dave. Really, that that's uh, that's going to put this one in the books uh, for this week. And like we said, I know uh, you are uh, you are not going to be on the show next week. Uh, everybody's got to stay tuned to our social media to find out uh, when and who with will be uh, will be doing a show. Um, we'll let people know where they can uh, where they can follow you on Twitter. We're going to close this thing out. Yeah, Jim, I uh, appreciate everyone listening again. Uh, I'll be uh, traveling back from Vegas next week. Uh, Tuesday night might get a call in uh, on the show to agitate Jim a little bit, uh, depending on what time we touch down here in central Pennsylvania. But uh, we'll see from there. Uh, early 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 stress on early um national college football playoff games um i made the the lines lsu nine and a half point favorite so i think there's some value in oklahoma um but i'm not running to bet that because i think that this is a very similar situation that you saw with oklahoma last year that there's potential they could get down 20 points and not quit and keep scoring so you're probably going to get a better number live um but i think that this game's going to have six thousand points in it and uh, I, I did make Clemson about two and a half, three point favorites uh, over Ohio State. So I think that that line's pretty damn appropriate. Um, however, I I could tell you right now that I'm going to be all over the freaking Tigers. That uh, I just I think that they're going to send a uh, they're going to send a Clemson Notre Dame esque message to uh, everyone that uh, Clemson's for real. 
All right. Let people know where they can follow you, Dave, and then we're going to head on out. Yeah, I was supposed to do that, and I got on another ramble. So, <laughs> what are you going to do? So, I'm at uh, at Huddle Up Dave on Twitter, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you all in two weeks here when uh, we get to to be all over the Eagles against the Cowboys for a kind of important game that Jim and I are going to watch together that Jim and I don't know he's going to watch together yet. Oh, is that the case? All right, we will uh, we'll discuss that one uh, and more next time we're with you, Dave. We'll uh, safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Appreciate the support. All right, we are going to wrap this thing up again. Check out our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com. And the sponsor of this show, Alicia's Pillows and Things, they got great home decor. They got pillows. They got stools. They got much, much more featuring your favorite sports teams, movie characters, TV characters, and much, much more. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. You can follow the show. And make sure you do at Huddle Up Podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. That's where you'll get show announcements tweets about news and various other things um and that's where you'll find out when and who with we're going to be broadcasting next week so uh until then stay safe stay smart and go for the win